this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Good morning. Let's just pray together right now. Father God, we welcome you here. We thank you that this is your church and we are your people. And I pray right now that you would speak to each of us, that our hearts would be open, that we would be hungry to hear and receive from you, Lord God. Thank you for your anointing right now. Amen. Be blessed. Be seated. So Ten Commandments, we're moving through them. There's a few double-ups, I think, but this week we're just tackling one. My name's Eleanor. Did we get that out of the way? Hello. Does anyone know the name Kirsten Drysdale? She was in the news this week. She's a journalist for the ABC, and she was working on a story for their FAQ program, And one of the questions was, what does the state name your baby if you submit one of the blacklisted names? Because you can't name your child Adolf Hitler, for example. The state will step in and do something about it. That was the urban myth, (laughs) the assumption. So um, she was a pretty dedicated journalist and she was 40 weeks pregnant. So she decided to uh, conduct a live experiment with her Live baby. She named him Methamphetamine Rules and was alarmed to discover that it did not pass through the detection system and she had legally named her child Methamphetamine Rules and received in the mail his birth certificate with his legal name Methamphetamine Rules. (laughs) She said, oh, I don't know what, like, then they were all like, oh, we don't know why it passed through, like, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I don't know if they thought maybe it was Greek. I'm like, I don't think so. But like, so she was horrified, but thankfully she was able to change it. Um, Good, yes. And she's not disclosing his name because she doesn't want it to be attached to this horrifying story that I'm sure he'll one day learn. (laughs) But names are a big deal. Names are no joke. They matter. It matters. When someone doesn't get your name, it's, it's not, it doesn't, the connection's not right. It doesn't quite work. I mean, Caleb is so charmingly bad at remembering people's names, but he's got this technique. I don't recommend this unless you've got a certain level of like just relaxed confidence that Caleb walks through the world with, but like rather than just not you can just not say somebody's name. It's awkward, but you can sort of get around it. He'll just run the gauntlet. He'll just do, do the wrong name. I have seen this, honestly, multiple times. And he'll be like, hey, Julie. And she'll be like, oh, hi. Yeah, it's Nicole. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. And he's just like, not even sorry. And just like, it kind of works. I don't know. They're always so disarmed. Like, oh, what a cutie. What a... So yeah, I don't know if that works for you. It doesn't work for me, but it works for Caleb. So good, good for you, babe. Caleb. His name is Caleb. Don't forget. Um... So, the third commandment, Exodus 20, verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, 
for the Lord will not hold him guiltless, he who takes his name in vain. The third commandment is to do not misuse the name of the Lord because it matters. So let's unpack this. Why, why does it matter so much? Why is this the third commandment, the name of the Lord? Names are important. God invented names. He could have done identity in lots of different ways, but he has names. He has a name and he gave us names. And that is absolutely fundamental to how we exist in the world. Because number one, names demonstrate connection. It's relational. If you don't know someone's name, you don't know them. Like you might know about them, but that you don't, that, that connection's not there. God wanted us to know his name because he wanted us to know him. And it's really cool the ways that names can create connections and family names and surnames. And I like how there's different ways of doing that in other cultures where you get like the father's first name as your surname and there's different ways of doing it. But they're all these beautiful threads that go throughout, you know, family trees and genealogies and and connections to go, I'm connected to you and you're connected to him and we're connected because of these names. They matter. The other thing about names that are so important is that names are public. They're designed to be shared with someone in the world. You can't, it's like, hey, what's your name? Oh, I don't really tell people that. It's sort of a secret. I'm just like, I'm quite private, so I don't disclose my name. It's like, how are you going to do anything in this life? I mean, you've got to share your name. Your name is, is a public thing. You've got to be proud of your name and, and put it out there. And if you have a problem with your name and it bothers you or you don't like the feeling when you have to write it down or say it, deal with that. Figure that out. And the person to speak to about that is Ruth Browning. <laughs> Not me, I'm fine with my name, but she will, she's probably got the paperwork in her drawer. She'll walk you through the whole process. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, because, because it matters. And you want to hold your head up high and say, hi, I'm Eleanor Tanker. That's my name. Here I am. This is me in the world. And it's the same with God. Romans 9.17 says, I raised you up for this very purpose, that I might display my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. He wants us to know his name because he wants us to know him and he wants us to talk about him. He wants his name known in the earth. It's public. He wants us to profess his name and to live according to his name. And part of that is because it's a public profession of our faith. The other thing that's really important about names is that they carry an essence they can be connected to the kind of pe- person that somebody is. You know, Shakespeare's like, oh, what's in a name? A rose by any other name would smell sweet. But it's not really, actually, there is something in a name. Montague, Capulet, the name mattered. <laughs> Didn't work out. Let it go, Juliet. Get another boyfriend. But God went out of his way all throughout scripture to make a connection between someone's name and the essence of that person. Names can represent their nature, but they can also be prophetic and represent something in their future. And that's why God changed names from Abram to Abraham, because it meant you will be the father of a multitude of nations. Sarai to Sarah, Jacob changed to Israel. He did this a lot and it was on purpose. He wanted to demonstrate that connection and he does it more profoundly than anywhere else is in Exodus with his very own name. 
This is the burning bush moment. He's talking to Moses and he's like, I want you to go set my people free. Come on, I'll be with you. And then Moses says, if I come to the people of Israel and say, the God of your fathers has sent me and they ask, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent you. That I am, that's, that's where we get Yahweh. That's, that's Yahweh. He's saying, my name is who I am. I am. That's the, that's the name. And there's complexity to that because I think on some level, there's a, there's a pure single name of God that we won't know until heaven. And that's why we have this beautiful constellation of all these different names. It's like a brilliant diamond with all these just infinite facets. We can't kind of fully, it's like looking at him face to face. That's, that's not till heaven. But here on earth, we know he's represented by these different names. And part of it is because they're, they're there to represent his essence. I am. He's like, the name is the thing, is me, is my essence. And so some of his names, we, we have Jehovah, which means Lord. And then those are the those lordship names. So Jehovah Rapha means the Lord who heals. Jehovah Jireh is the Lord who provides. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. And there's more of those. Adonai we use. El Shaddai is God Almighty. Elohim is Supreme One. There's sort of, there's so many names. And then we've got the added complexity of, you know, translating from Hebrew to English. And, and that's, then we have the name of Jesus. God named his son which was good news for Mary and Joseph because pressure's off there. They're like, you're going to have a son. It's going to be the Messiah. What are you going to call him? Like, (laughs) talk about like baby name list. Like I've gone through the whole book, Mary. I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's just pressure. So he's like, no. And from like day one, the the angel was like, he will be called Jesus because Jesus is Yeshua, which is based, that's Yahweh. It's depending on how you, it can be Yahweh saves. Yahweh saves. So we've got that I am, that essence of God saves you. That's in his name. That's that he carries that as part of who he is. And he wants us to know him. He wants us to know that. And that's why he, he, he shared that, you know. I say all this to say that the names of God are holy and sacred because they represent who he is. To misuse his name is to, is to, to misuse his reputation, but even it, it damages even our connection to who he is in terms of his, his very character. His very, the nature of God is in his name. So we, we must treat it with all reverence and honour and respect. So... What does that look like, misusing God's name? Well, the most apparent way and tragic is that we use his name as an expletive, as as a swear word, essentially. People say, oh my God, you know, Jesus Christ, as these, just, it's swearing. And to treat it with abuse and contempt and degrade his name as this common cliché, It's foolish because of his mighty power and immoral because of his perfect character. Now, let's be clear about something. It's no accident that this name, the name above all names, that holy and sacred name has been used as a common daily slur, just just used as, as, as a literal swear word. Do you think that's a coincidence? 
that we don't do that with other, you know, God names, other religions. This was a deliberate attempt by the enemy to hijack the power of God's name and to dilute it on this earth. But we know better. And if you didn't, that's okay because we live in a really blasphemous culture and it's treated like there's, I know there's people that won't swear around their kids, but they'll use those expletives. And so some people grow up thinking that's completely normal. You hear children say it. So maybe that was you. Maybe you're like, I don't, you know, and you've been kind of casual about it or you didn't realize. Now you know. So I encourage you to make a choice today to never misuse the name of God like that ever. And you can repent. And, you know, I know with language habits, they can be hard to break. And the enemy would lean into that and sort of encourage you to just put it from your mind. Ask the Holy Spirit to walk with you in this, to remind you, you can break this habit and never say it again. You hold that name with all sacred reverence. And we're bombarded with this profanity we have to go about in this world and exist and be civil and that's all cool. Like, I know, particularly depending on your job, like, you're going to hear that and, you know, that's just the way that it is in this imperfect world. But do consider the areas of influence that you hold and it can be important, appropriate, good to sometimes call that out. Particularly if you're with another Christian, you can just be like, whoa, whoa don't say that. Like, that's... You know, that's third commandment stuff. Like, don't say his name in vain. Because sometimes people just say something without realizing. Like, that's, I think that's good. It's like, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ to kind of call that out. And then the other thing you can do is like, depending on where you are, is like, oh, do you mind, if someone's like not a Christian, but they're saying it a lot, you can be like, oh, do you mind not saying that in front of me just because I'm Christian and we take that really seriously. Like, that's terrifying to people. Try that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, sorry. Yeah. No, it's, it's fine. But we don't have to be too easy breezy. Oh, yeah, no, it's cool. It doesn't bother me. It bothers God. So let it bother you, you know? And yes, you got to go about your day and fine. But you let the Holy Spirit walk with you in that if you're like, I think I might actually say something to this person. Like, that's, that's good. Why not? That would be a really good step in the direction of holiness. So that's definitely one of the ways that we misuse God's name. And it's, it's, a, it's a great tragedy, but we can be the light of the world in that place. The second way is we can misuse God's name to indulge ourselves. Matthew 7.21 says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of the Father. And so people can say, Lord, Lord, and, and, and sort of indulge in religious practices or Christian language, but they're not actually connecting to anything real in their heart or in their lives, you know? And you hear this sometimes with people's sort of, you know, our Father in heaven, hello, but so, whoa, whoa, who, who? Our Father in heaven? Like, we don't pray unless we pray to Him, you know? And there's people that will get their children like baptized and say like, oh, we don't believe in God, but we just, you know, it's nice for like the grannies and we wear the dress and do the photos and oh God, God bless you, God. Like that's indulging the name. That's a misuse of God's name. He's like, I will bless your child, but ask me to bless him. You know, don't just sort of enjoy this. Even like people that say God bless you when you sneeze and they don't believe in God. You're like, okay, who, who, according to whose name are you blessing me? Like, I don't know. We just want to be careful with that. And, and even in Christian life, like, it can be easy to sort of indulge certain kinds of languages. But if you're not, 
like, you know, just, oh, well, God's got this. God's going to sort it. It's like, is he? Like, are you, there's a, there's a reverence in his name that we want to make sure we carry in the way that we, we speak and the way that we live. Exodus 27 says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. So, so we can be kind of flippant and frivolous about these things and you think, oh, well, it's like not hurting anyone. And blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, he's like, don't think that this is innocent. I will not hold them guiltless, those who do this, you know? So again, it's just, it's just that reverence. And we can misuse his name in how we live in terms of hypocrisy. Titus 1.16 says, they claim to know God, but their actions deny him. That's a misuse of his name. And God's name has been evoked for some of the worst evils in history, like hideous genocide and white supremacy. And that's like in the name of God. Like it's, it's not, but they're misusing his name. They're trying to hijack his name for their own evil purposes. And even just in day to day, people can can do that in, in sort of indulging in sort of Christian behavior or Christian language, but then their actions are a totally different story, you know, and they're just like carrying on doing whatever they want to do, blatantly, you know, rejecting the will of God for their life. Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. I love Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a German pastor and theologian who was part of the Nazi resistance during World War II. And this was a guy who practiced what he preached. So when he would preach or write letters about, you know, Jew and Greek and Gentile, we're all created equal and all seen equal under God's eyes. And then, then when he started to see the persecution of Jews, he's like, oh, that's, that's this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something. And to, to, to use the, the name of God in vain in those circumstances would have been to continue to sort of write, you know, theology stuff and, and preach and pastor, but then just sort of quietly keep to himself as these things were unfolding around him, but not Bonhoeffer. So two days after Hitler was installed as Chancellor in 1933, Bonhoeffer delivered a radio address in which he attacked Hitler and warned Germany against slipping into an idolatrous cult. His broadcast was abruptly cut off. In April 33, he rallied the churches to resist Hitler's persecution of Jews. He said that the church must not simply bandage the victims under the wheel, under the wheel, but jam a spoke in the wheel itself. This was in 33. This isn't like, oh, wow, you know, 44, like it's all happening. Like if enough people had had been as brave as him, the next decade could have unfolded quite differently. This guy was fearless. And then, of course, as you may know, he was involved in the July 20 plot to blow up Hitler, which was not successful. He was arrested by the Gestapo in '43 and imprisoned for two years. During that time, he ran services and ministered to prisoners and a few guards. He wrote um, some really powerful, moving letters and in 45, when he was led away to be hanged, he said, this is the end for me, the beginning of life. And so he practiced what he preached. He meant what he said. He didn't misuse the name of God for his own sort of Christian practices and then just kind of keep to himself when these things happened around him. He, he, he actually, 
he walked the walk as well as talk the talk. And that's, that's what it means to, to, to carry the name of God with all reverence is, 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 is in how we live. Our, our day-to-day actions can, can honour his name. We can do everything according to his name or we can misuse it. And, and, and Bonhoeffer was just a great example of that fearlessness. And so here's where things get really exciting because his name is great. We need to treat it with all honour and reverence and respect. But it's also not a name that we need to be afraid of or, or scared of. You know, in the, in the Old Testament, the Jews, they, they wouldn't even, if they wrote his name, they would dispose of the quill before they wrote anything else. And they didn't even, use, like of Yahweh, they didn't even use all the letters. And modern Jews still do this. I don't know if you, some of them, the ones I know, they don't write G-O-D, they write G slash D. They don't even write the name of God. But then how ridiculous is this? Like I have one Jewish friend who'll write, oh my God, L, but she'll write G dash D. And I'm like, you're using his name to blaspheme, but then because of your little superstition, you won't even write the name. Like that's just messed up on like too many levels. I love you, but ridiculous. So there's sort of like this superstitious fear about it, or there's like the, whoa, okay, this is amazing, the names of God and Yahweh and Jesus, and I'm just going to steer clear. But we don't have to. We can actually use the name of God. So Acts 2.21 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You can call on the name of Jesus for salvation. He is the door. We call on his name. We can know him. That's, that's the door to, to salvation. So when Bonhoeffer's led away for the end, that was his beginning because he was just whisked away into glory, away from just the gnarliness unfolding around him. And he's, he's in the throne room to this day. That's eternity. That's salvation. That's the power of the name of Jesus. In the Old Testament, they were scared of this name because if you got too close to glory, like you couldn't stand up against it. You would literally die. But what happened when Jesus died on the cross, he paid that price and he created this doorway. It's, it's a door to salvation. So we can know his name. We can speak his name and we can call on his name for salvation. That's incredible. John 20, 31 says, but these are written <clears throat> that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. In His name is life. It, there's, there's, there's a, a total freedom and, and, and breakthrough that can come in his name. We can, we can have life in his name. We call on it for salvation. And that, that sorts eternity, right? Heaven, awesome, tick. But then here on earth, we can have life, the fullness of life. It's very good. And you know, you probably know people around you who are not experiencing that fullness of life. And there's some dark stuff going on. It's a heavy world. I want the life that comes through the name of Jesus. Don't you, church? And that's just the beginning. Because his name is sacred and it's powerful. We can call on his name for salvation and we can use it for breakthrough and power. Because remember, his name, it carries a reflection of his essence and being. He is I am. So when we say his name out loud, there's something we can call an audible, tangible 
sort of reflection of, of, very, of God's very nature onto the earth. There's power in that. And, and we know this because demons flee at the name of Jesus Christ. Philippians 2.9 says, Therefore God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above. He's talking about Jesus. The name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He's the name above all names. The name of Jesus carries all authority. You know, that's like the name above all names. That's like a trump, that's like, that's the name, you know, and you know this in like sort of corporate hierarchy where it's like, oh, you know, and you sort of pull people's names. Like I have this with where I work and it's like, oh, they want to do this, blah, blah, blah. But then if this manager comes along and is like, oh, well, I want this thing, it's like, oh, well, um, he's asked that we do that, you know, and then that trumps that name because it's like, well, he, you know, and then because I work for a startup, it's like, oh, well, the founder, like, oh, he's asked this. So everything that all the deck of cards is like, CEO wants this. Okay, that's, you know, and then the C-suite, it's like jostling for like, oh, well, the CMO and then like who's got budget and, you know, like there's, it's all about the names and the titles and that's why everyone's like such a faff about titles in like corporate you go on LinkedIn and it's like, they've been promoted to global senior partner, executive service, account manager, head of regional Asia Pacific. Like, what does that mean? And then you catch up with them and they're like, oh, it's the same before, but it just means I've also got like Pacific Islands under, you know, it's like nothing, but it's like, because the name matters because the name's the thing and that's what goes on the card and that's what goes on your LinkedIn and that's what gets you in the room and in the door and gets you the pay rise and whatever. The name above all other names, even CEO, is Jesus. The name of Jesus carries authority on this earth. So it's that card. It's like, oh, well, this name said this, and then this, you know, and then my bank said this, and then they said this, and now I've got this diagnosis. Jesus, bang, that's the name above all every other name. He's got authority. Let's get the band up. We're going to pray for some people. J. John... He's a um, minister in uh, the UK, great English preacher. Years and years ago, he went to India and they said, um, we'll do a prayer and Bible study at the camp. They told him about the camp. So he's like, oh, nice. You know, we'll go to this camp. We'll do Bible studies and we'll pray for people. Um, They didn't tell him that the camp was 25,000 very, very sick people. As in, it was like a camp, you couldn't go to that camp unless you were severely ill because that was kind of where you were taken to be away from people. So he said that really changed the vibe of the Bible study suddenly when it's like, okay, let's get to some other different kinds of verses. Like, it's game on here. And so then they said, okay, we're going to put all the teams into pairs um, and you can pray for different groups. So he got partnered up with his assistant and they assigned him to a group of 3,000 people with leprosy. This is like, you know, 30 years ago. I didn't even know that was around. Like, and he's, he's like, okay, wow. <laughs> he's so funny. And he's like, could I have backaches? I'm good with backs. You know, it's like leprosy. Okay. So they're like, what are we going to do here? Like, and they, they said, we prayed in the name of Jesus. And they prayed for these people. And he said, like their skins pulled away and felt, you know, they, they're just tragic, terrible deformity. The skins like pulled away and fell to the floor and revealed baby skin. 
over and over and over again. They were healed of leprosy in the name of Jesus. Because His is the name above all names, every other name, even intimidating ones like leprosy, even names like cancer or, or, you know, gnarly diagnoses. And some of you have had some ugly names spoken over you and maybe spoken over in your bloodline and your sort of heritage of like, oh, well, yeah, that's the family name and these are the family sicknesses and these are the family issues and they just, generation after generation, there is a name above all those names, above names like leprosy, above names like depression and divorce and infertility. There is a name above every other name. It is Jesus Christ. Come on church, let's stand up. Whatever is weighing on you, whatever is tormenting you right now, as Tim was talking about before, whatever that that thing is that you're feeling that fear of or it's just encroaching, maybe there's some kind of some big names like in capital letters kind of trying to write over your you know, bank statements or your diagnosis or whatever, or there's just stuff in your family. We can pray for that. There is power in the name of Jesus. We carry His name with great reverence and honour and we use it because it's been given to us. He is the door and we have received the power of the name of Jesus. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.